Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host, and we are on to part two of our North America Charging Standard special episode series, whatever it's called. I would like to thank the following for sponsoring this episode. I want to thank Chris, Gene, Jaime, Mo Cowbell, Don, Christopher, Stephen, and Alex. Thank you very much for supporting the show. If you would like to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. You can also uh, just go to the show notes and there'll be links to ACAST Plus and Patreon in there as well. All right, this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, I highly suggest you go back and listen to part one because it'll make this one make more sense. Uh, Let's see here. Let's get started. So, I mentioned this a little bit last episode. I, I realize that the North America charging standard is primarily for North America. And that doesn't really give folks outside of North America, I don't know if this is super relevant to you yet. You know, you never know. It may be that the North America charging standard moves forward in other countries. But when I was on the Daily Tech News show uh, and I was talking about the next connector, and this was back in July, an email came in to, to the, the team there. Somebody was asking some, they wanted some non-US centric questions to be explored. And I think um, this is great. Uh, this email was sent July 14th. So I just wanted to you know, keep in mind that we're looking at these questions with knowledge that we have in September that we didn't have in July. So yeah, we're just going to start with that. He starts his email with all, and I mean all, EV makers outside the U.S. have settled on CCS2 for a charging standard, which this is not true. And I went through partly last episode, I went through all the charging standards, standards just in the United States, partly based off of this question so that I could talk to you about it today. Uh, that's a, this is a, I told you that story so I can tell you this one kind of a thing. So not true. CCS2 is in Europe, South America, South Africa, Arabia, which is not a country, is a region, India, uh, Singapore, Taiwan, 
and keep a, a, an eye on Taiwan there. Hong Kong, which is not it is a city within China, but Hong Kong is kind of its own thing. Oceania, which is a region in Australia. So all those uh, areas have CCS too, or at least the best to the best of my research that I could find on the internet. In Japan, we talked about this. It's mostly Chatamo, J1772. In China, uh, they have GBT2, and there's actually a Chinese word in front of that. I don't know how to pronounce it, so we're just going to go GBT2. It is backwards compatible with, compatible with Chatamo, or it either is now or it will be in the, the future. I'm not sure where they are on their third generation GBT transition process. And uh, there's one GBT connector for AC power. There's another one for DC power. And then in North America, Central America, South Korea, Taiwan. Remember what I said? Remember Taiwan? Remember? Uh, Taiwan also uses the CCS1 adapter. And South Korea, home of Hyundai and Kia, or Hyundai, depending on how you want to pronounce that, they're using the CCS connector, CCS1 connector. So the the world is not united. So let's get into his questions. First question, doesn't this, the North America charging standard, uh, doesn't, this bifur- uh, doesn't this bifurcate the market yet again, increasing overall engineering costs and manufacturing inefficiencies? I will say that it probably increases manufacturing costs, but it's a small amount per car. I don't think it's that much. Tesla's not charging a bunch of money for this. They're basically charging cost. Uh, there is some engineering cost that goes into that, and there's also some you know, software development cost that goes into that. But I don't, overall, I don't think it's all that much adding. I don't think it's adding all that much to the price of the actual vehicle. But whenever you put different parts on a vehicle... Sure, there's, you know, whenever you put different parts on the same vehicle, excuse me, depending on what region it's going to, there's going to be an added cost to that for sure. Uh, Next question. I get why this is happening, but surely U.S. EV policy should not be pushed so far away from global standards because of one dominant vendor, Tesla. I think this is a good point. However, we can see that global standards are all over the place. And I genuinely don't think that Tesla, a company that's had the Tesla connector since 2012, changing the name of their product to the North America Charging Standard is changing the market in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's not like they they came up whole cloth with a new a new charging connector, and now they want everybody to adopt it. This is a charging connector that has 10 plus years of design and and you know updates behind it so yeah i don't i don't think this is that big of a deal now when this email was written i can't remember if the society of automotive engineers had stepped up yet or not and said that they were going to turn uh the north america charging standard into an actual standard that won't be controlled by tesla but no, I mean, this is already a connector that's been in use for 11 years. I, I don't think that's that's that big of a deal. Uh, will, the in, will the U.S. end up like the situation with the metric system being the only place in the world that uses NACs? Maybe. Um, but here's the thing, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. I don't want the government to pick winners. That That is... 
I don't, I, I, if all the governments in the world got together and decided that the North America charging standard is the connector for ever and mandated that all EVs will be retrofitted with the NAX connector and all future EVs will use the NAX connector, all charging stations will be retrofitted so that they can use the NAX connector and all, all of the countries around the world, that would only temporarily solve this problem. I'm not sure there's much of an incentive for other companies to create something better than the NAX connector because now those companies have to convince 195 countries or the majority of those countries in this pretend scenario we're playing in to change their standard and move on to what would be the next best thing and also to pick another winner. I think that would be really hard to do. And I think it's impractical and I think it would stifle innovation in this area. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how many of you are out there working in committees and stuff. I, based on what I know about some of you, I have a feeling that it's a lot of you that have to work in different types of committees. And that that's difficult. It is difficult to get anything done in a large c- committee. I mean, I I belong to a fire department. Our committees are not huge when we do things, and it's difficult to get something done in that. And we're all we all work together, you know. Um, when you have these these uh, industry organizations like Charin and or uh, the Society of Automotive Engineers, those people are coming from different places to um, advise and consult and and you know, create those standards. So that's a little bit more difficult. The Society of Automotive, Automotive Engineers has a different policy uh, practice, but it's still, the point is, is trying to get something through a large committee. Com, committee. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time talking. Trying to get something through a hard, large committee is difficult to do. I will concede, though, that having multiple connectors is problematic and probably not the best solution for modern EVs. But we're currently in the infancy of electric vehicles, and we have a lot of technological breakthroughs ahead of us, and we shouldn't be settling on one particular standard or connector to rule them all at this point. Uh, I think once we get to a point where we're more mature, maybe we have a, for, a firm a form factor. Geez, Alou. Maybe we have a form factor that can be updated and is backwards compatible to the old system and all that other stuff. But right now, as it stands, I don't think we need, um, I I genuinely don't think we need one connector to rule them all. Also, I genuinely believe that wireless uh, EV charging will be a thing in the next 10 or so years, and this will all be moot anyway. So all of those questions that we just covered, I think were really good questions. Let's move on to the adoption of the North America charging standard. Why would a company adopt a competitor's charging connector? Um, You know, Tesla has a big, reliable supercharger network. If you, I mean, if you believe the things you read online, Tesla's supercharger network is up more than Electrify America and EVgo and Blink and stuff. They have a hard time keeping their chargers up. So it's reliable. It's big. Um, It can also be crowded. Tesla, and I think I've already mentioned this on the last episode, Tesla needs a better management 
of whose turn it is to charge. They need to figure that out because, because uh, I've never had this happen, but I could see where someone might get frustrated that they're waiting to charge their vehicle and somebody else swoops in and uh, steals their spot. Like I can see that being a problem in the future. Honestly, I'm surprised no one's gotten hurt based on that. Um, but other than that, you know, Tesla superchargers are are pretty good. There, there's a little bit of a problem with how short the Tesla supercharger cables are. So, like Ford, for instance, in order to uh, charge a Ford F one fifty Lightning, you have to really uh, stretch that cable out to its max. And, you know, it's iffy if it's going to connect or not, depending on how far away you can park from that charger and the curb and all that other stuff. So it's, it's not, it's not the best solution for charging third-party EVs. Like those version three superchargers and, and below are designed to charge Teslas and the Tesla charge port is you back into the supercharger, you plug in and you're good to go. That's not how it is on other EV, other EVs. So why are these companies what, what what's their motivation? In our first example, which is Aptera, Aptera is a small EV startup company and if you don't know anything about Aptera Motors, they are developing a three-wheeled EV. They created a petition that 45,000 people signed, or nearly 45,000 people signed, that Tesla open up the North America charging standard, mostly so that they could use it. That is really beneficial to Aptera because somebody can buy their car and then actually charge at a supercharger using uh, an Aptera. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reason to buy one of these three-wheeled vehicles that looks like a spaceship. They're super cool looking. But they were actually the first to adopt the North America charging standard. The agreement between Tesla and Aptera was actually pre or before the North America charging standard was announced. So good on Aptera for really pushing that that boundary there. But Aptera is a small company and, you know, it's not going to light the world on fire that Tesla, you know, Tesla and Aptera made an agreement to... Uh, ship the North America charging standard in a relatively small amount of cars, right? Aptera was supposed to ship their vehicle in 2022, and now that delivery date has slipped between 23 and 2024, and it's looking more and more like 2024 as we get closer to the end of the year. So what I'm trying to say here is, while it was cool that a car company that isn't Tesla is going to get to use the 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 Tesla charging connector, the NAX connector, few people cared. But then on May 25th, 2023, Ford announced that they were going to adopt the NAX connector and the world went crazy. So let's go ahead and listen to Ford CEO Jim Farley on CNBC. Starting early next year, Ford owners will be granted access to thousands of Tesla superchargers across the United States and Canada. It's part of a new partnership announced on Twitter Spaces by Tesla CEO Elon Musk and Ford CEO Jim Farley. Farley joins us right now first on Squawk Box this morning to talk more about it. And Jim, welcome. This is some pretty big and pretty surprising news. Yeah, well, it was a big week for us, Becky and Andrew. Um, and this this announcement, we think, will really help our EV customers have a, a much better experience. 
you know, they, it, it was surprising just from the perspective that you all are rivals. I don't know if you want to call respectful rivals, frenemies, something yep. along those lines. How, how did this deal come, <laughs> come about? What happened? We've been actually working on it for a couple of years. You know, we know the charging. We're number two in EV sales in the U.S. behind Tesla. And we know charging is a really big deal for our customers and adoption. And we're now scaling. We're like basically doubling our EV capacity this year. And, and we're going to get to two million in a couple of years. So this is a big deal for, for the company and, and for our customers. And we have about 10,000 fast chargers now. This is going to double that. So 22,000 fast chargers, it'll be the best network of fast charging in the country for any brand. And, and that's why we were interested in it. Uh, we also like their, their, like their locations. We like their charging technology. It works really well as well. So in 25, we're going to put their plug on our vehicle. Yeah, Jim, I have to say, as a consumer, I think it's great. I, I love the idea of some sort of standardization or moving towards standardization yes. in the industry. No consumer wants to get stuck feeling like, oh, I finally found a charging station, but guess what? I can't use it. And you probably need a lot more exactly. of this to, to really beef up adoption of EVs across the country. Um, what I think is interesting about this is, you know, this is, if you went back to the VHS Betamax comparison on all of these mm -hmm. things, VHS eventually won out. You are choosing to go with Tesla, which has been uh, riding with the NACS standard, that versus the CCS standard that the Biden administration and most of the U.S. automakers, EV makers, have have been pushing. Why why Tesla? Why this standard? And do you think by you and Tesla teaming up together, you kind of win over and can change what's going to be the standard? It's a great question. So we believe that customers should have, as you said, the option of using either standard. And with adopters, ad adapters and software, we could do that both. But we really like the Tesla standard from a customer standpoint. When you look at how easy it is to plug in, if you drop the core, the, the Tesla system is more robust. Um, the other standard is great, and we'll have adapters for that. But but we also really love the locations. Like I, I remember I was going on vacation with my kids. My kids kept saying, hey, Dad, can we stop there? That's one of those Tesla supercharging. I was like, no, kids, we're going to go over here behind this building. Um, and, you know, so it's it's a it's a bet for our customers and we want our customers to be able to use both systems actually with adapters jim uh, long term when you think about this this friends enemy frenemy situation <laughs> if tesla becomes that standard is that good or bad for you i mean as you as you try to evaluate and think through what that means over time yeah we think it's it's good for us because we're going to have the Ford Pass software. So people don't have to leave the Ford Pass software that they use for charging at their home or, or to control, unlock the vehicle or use the phone as a key. When they go use the Tesla supercharger, they're still using Ford. We were right. very concerned if they had to switch over to use that Tesla software, but that was part of the deal. And it, it was a deal breaker for us for the reason right. you mentioned. And how seamless, there, therefore, will uh, payment and the like be using those those superchargers. Yeah, so uh, early next year on the Ford Pass app, we're going to have a bunch of different payment options like we do today. So customers just pay, use their, you know, um, e-pay system, whatever they choose. And um, there'll be no, you know, no issues. It'll be super simple. 
we're going to ship a super, you know, an adapter uh, to everyone who's bought a Ford EV. This is not just for the future. It's for all the people who already bought our vehicles. So they'll get an adapter from Ford. They go on Ford Pass. They pick the payment option they want. All the billing is the same as it is today. So it's going to be right. super easy. And, and what do you think long-term the likelihood is that GM and others will follow suit? And, the, and that effectively the, the Tesla superchargers will become the standard? I think there's I think there's a chance, um, you know, uh, the CCS is is a great standard, but it was pretty much done by kind of a committee. And and I, I think GM and others are going to have a big choice to make. Do they right. want to have fast charging for a lot of customers or do they want to stick to their standard and have less charging? So I, I, I don't know, but right. I think, you know, we're number two last year. They were number one. I, I think that's going to be a tough choice for those companies. Two things I want to take away from this clip. One, Ford and Tesla have been talking about this for years. And two, it sounded like to me that Jim Farley said that they were going to send this adapter to every F-150 Lightning owner and Ford Mustang owner, uh, Mach-E owner, for free. It sounded like for free. Sounds like he said that they were going to provide them. But then we get a little bit more information. Tom Malogny, who has the State of Charge YouTube channel, they'll put a link to the, his episode in the show notes. He interviewed Jeff Bino, who's Ford's public charging manager. Now, I'm not going to play the clip from this. I'm just going to give you some highlights and encourage you to go listen to Tom's show. First of all, first of all why? Why did Ford adopt the NAX connector? Really, it's access to reliable public charging. It actually doubles Ford's uh, uh, charging network by adopting the NAX connector and getting access to Tesla's supercharging network, which is great. In 2024, the Ford vehicles, current Ford vehicles will have access to it. In 2025, that's when the NAX connection actually starts. But the other reason to, that Ford said that they adopted the NAX connector is that it's smaller, lighter, easier to use, faster charging for future EV battery technology, um, they got a lot of customer feedback. Ford has a, like an angel charging program, and I'm assuming this is just Ford customers that go out and report on, you know, their experiences charging. I don't know exactly what it is, but they use that feedback. And yeah, it costs Ford nothing to do this. They cost them nothing to adopt it in terms of paying Tesla. I mean, there might've been some engineering on their part, engineering uh, talent that had to kind of figure out how to re reconfigure some things in the, in the car or in the truck. But that's a relatively small amount of money for them to do that. Uh, they do have plug and charge with Electrify America. This is interesting. And Tom Malogny brought this up and I didn't know this, but if you have an F-150 Lightning and you pay for Electrify America's membership program, which gives you cheaper charging prices, right? So it's cheaper to charge up your vehicle. If you go, you scan your card, and you charge your vehicle, and you're a member of this program, you get those cheaper rates. However, if you utilize plug and charge with the Ford F-150 Lightning, it has no way of associating you with your Electrify America like member account. So you actually get charged at the higher rate. So you may be, or someone out there may be, paying 
for Electrify America's premium plan or whatever it is, their plus plan, using plug and play charge on your vehicle and you're not actually getting taken advantage of that savings. So if you're one of those people or you know one of those people, you should definitely let them know and make sure that that has been corrected. Now, Ford announced we're going to adopt the North America charging standard, the next connector on uh, a Twitter live, uh, Twitter spaces event with Elon Musk and Jim Farley. I didn't listen to that. I don't even know how to go back and find it. It might just be in the ether. But the whole the whole EV world seemed to go just absolutely cuckoo bananas. Um, crazy for this. And then it kind of, it didn't die down, but it lulled a little bit. And then GM announced that they were going to adopt the North America charging standard. So these these companies have been uh, planning this for years, if, if you are to believe uh, the Ford CEO and Mary Barra. And then Ford announces, GM announces, and that fervor just, you know, whipped up again. And everybody thought, well, this is it. The, the North America charging standard is the one connector to rule them all. And again, I don't think it is. But I have a little bit of of audio from Mary Barra at the Aspen Ideas Festival. And I'd like to play that for you now. Okay, you mentioned chargers. There was obviously a seismic uh, announcement a couple of weeks ago. Ford said that it was at a mid- uh, an agreement with Elon Musk to go with uh, the the Tesla charger, and then you followed. How much of that decision was um, predicated on Ford, and and how difficult is it for you to do that with a competitor like Musk is someone who you just competed viciously against uh, for for I years? I would say viciously. I would say aggressively. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a vicious person, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's a really it's a really great point. So you know, we had been having conversations. I think one of the big things we wanted to make sure uh, that our customers would would still uh you know we we have aggregated uh, many different charging companies uh into the my Chevy app or the my Cadillac app the my GMC app and we wanted we didn't want to lose that relationship because think about how often you need need to charge and so i think one of the breakthroughs was you know they agreed it you know they would provide the information that it go through yours and also that we get the same cost for our customers that tesla customers do and so as we saw that that change occurred um we evaluated it and then we also looked at it from a customer perspective and our technical team said you know frankly there's a the, the other charging standard was done um you know by the standards body society of automotive engineers but when you looked at it we we thought the durability the reliability and the cost was cheaper and so you know anytime you make a decision for from a customer perspective and you're not choosing the most cost effective better solution you do that at your own peril and then for general motors um it allowed us in one, you know, agreement to make, uh, starting next year, instead of having 13,000 chargers across this country available, we'll have 25,000. And so when I think about enabling people, uh, and solving that issue that they have, they trust the charger's going to be there, it was a pretty, um, you know, a, a decision that was not that hard to make and we did it pretty fast. So, um, you did a Twitter spaces with Elon Musk, uh, are you now, I mean, you were one of the first CEOs to back off Twitter as a platform, as an advertiser. 
when he took over? Does this mean that you are going to be returning? You know, I was one of many. Uh, I think if you if you go back, uh, a lot of those, it, and when you think about it, it's it's our competitor too uh, with the information. Um, we're right in the middle right now. Very shortly, we'll be announcing a new chief marketing officer. And I think as the new leader at uh, Twitter comes on board, there's definitely a conversation to be had. But we just want to make sure, you know, as all of us, we're trying to make sure we, we spend our marketing uh, dollars wisely. And, uh, you know, from a platform, it, it became a little more complicated when a, an important competitor is running it. But uh, I think there's an opportunity, again, when our new leadership and their new leadership comes on board to have a conversation. So do you think you can trust Elon Musk as a partner? Or will you be still viewing him as a competitor? I think he's both. I think he's a part, I think in this case, but I think in this case, it's good for, uh, it, it was a decision really that's good for everyone. And as you see more now OEMs move to adapting the standard, I think it's going to be better for the consumer. And so I think, it, you know, when you're you're aligned that it's in both of your best interest, uh, I think we can move forward. And frankly, our team worked very seamlessly with the team at Tesla. You know, I have to say they were they were great to work with. And then, of course, we're going to compete. Um, but I, I think a lot in a lot of spaces now in many industries, you compete and you partner. So we, we've, we've done part, we have a, a partnership with Honda where we're doing a lot of work with Honda. We've done partnerships in the past with Ford. So frankly, I think the industry would benefit from doing more partnerships. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. All right, before I make any comments, I'm going to follow that up with Mary Barra on CNBC talking about how this benefits GM. Mary, it's Melissa Lee at the NASDAQ market site. How do you share the cost or revenue of the charging network with uh, Elon Musk, with Tesla? And does this mean that you might be partnering in the future? Because Elon Musk has tweeted uh, just recently on the heels of the Ford announcement that he would be willing in the future to license other Tesla technology like full self-driving and autopilot. 
Well, I think um, I, from a from a full sales driving perspective, General Motors has crews, and you know we're already operating level four uh, uh, autonomy in. Uh, three cities with two more being added. But, you know, of course, we're going to always look uh, for ways to be more capital efficient. And, and this um, this uh, arrangement alone, this collaboration that we're doing nearly doubles the amount of chargers that uh, our GM customers will have access to. And frankly, we think we can save up to 400 million in the original three quarter of a billion dollars that we allocated to this because we've been able to do it faster and more effectively. And we're really looking for ways that we can be more capital efficient as as we go forward. So if there's other opportunities to partner, uh, you know, we're going to be very open to them. In addition to this collaboration with Tesla, we also have a very important collaboration with Honda as well. So, you know, we're demonstrating that we're going to continue to do that because I think being capital efficient in this environment that uh, will allow us to get um, the best EVs out to the market is is crucial in this transformation. So based on those clips, which I hope you found interesting, I found them interesting. Based on those clips, uh, GM's set to save about $400 million by going with the North America charging standard. And then she kind of parroted some of the same things that the Ford CEO, Jim Farley, talked about, where it doubles the chargers that GM has access to. It also, you know, in 2024, GM vehicles will gain access to the supercharger network and then transition uh, to the North America Charging Standard in 2025. All right, now we have Ford, one of the biggest automakers in the United States or North America. They're going to use the NAX connector. GM, the other one, the other big automaker here in the U.S., they're going to use the NAX connector. And then, like I said, it just kind of whipped up a fury, furry, fury, flurry, flurry. Is it flurry? Furry. I once was at a San Jose airport when there was a furry convention going on. I was actually in San Jose when the convention was going on. And I'm going to say it was one of the coolest experiences I have had sitting at an airport or just walking around Dan, downtown San Jose. Pretty cool. I like. I, I think people who are furries are cool. Anyway, I don't even know where I was going with this. I'm going to leave that in. This is the kind of digressions that you get in a normal conversation with me. So GM, GM, they are set uh, to adopt the NAX connector. Ford set that makes a flurry of announcements from a bunch of other uh, organizations. And that also caused some states like Kentucky, Washington, and Texas to say that any new charge points installed in their state have to include the NAX adapter. It does not have to be the only connector on that uh, that charger, but it has to include, and this is public charging, but it has to include that connector. So if you go up to an Electrify America uh, a charge point and you are like, I'm going to charge my Tesla and it's new enough, it should have that next connector. Now, some charging companies in Texas are fighting back on that mandate. Uh, ChargePoint, ABB, which is a company that actually does uh, DC fast chargers, manufactures them. FreeWire, same thing. EV Box. These companies have said this, this is a little bit premature. That's their argument. They say that 
you know, we should wait a little bit longer to see how things play out. Now, the article I got this from, from was back in July. I'm not sure if they've changed their opinion or not, but it is worth noting that there are some companies that have a problem with it. Just kind of a, a side note here, FreeWire, I interviewed the inter, the CEO of FreeWire, and I did not know that they were part of this group, and that is why I didn't ask them why they opposed putting the Nex connector on these uh, charge points in Texas, Washington, and Kentucky. So, FYI. So, let's talk about all of the other companies that adopted the Nex connector. First, I'm not going to run down charging hardware companies because... Most of you aren't going to know who they are or really care. Um, I will say that FreeWire is included in the charging hardware companies that adopted the Nax connector, even though they're one of the companies fighting it. Same with ABB and ChargePoint. But uh, yeah, so we have 23 DC fast charging hardware companies. And then in terms of ChargePoint operators, we have BC Hydro, ChargePoint, Electrify America, EnviroSpark, EV Range, IV Charging Network, Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz has its own charging network, and then it's also paired with seven other companies that have a charging network. Uh, they're going to build, I think it's Free to Move is the charging network that they're building out. Rivion Shell Recharge, and Rivion, the, the vehicle company, but also Rivion, the charging company, is, is uh, in this case. Volta and EVGo. Now I have a little bit of audio to play from EVGo about this, so I'm going to go ahead and play that now. Well, Jeremy, this is not how we intended to start this series, but we're going to begin by reading one of our own tweets. From EVGo on June 12th, EVGo will be adding North American charging standard, NACS, connectors to its fast charging network across the country. Oh, wow. Did we write that? Sure did. There it is. Blue check and all. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, yes, we, uh, it's official. We are going to be integrating NACS connectors. Uh, I guess, is that it? <laughs> Not quite. I'm sure that the thousands of people who read that tweet and others who read our press release are gonna want a little bit more information than that. Yeah, probably, right? Um, I guess the first question really is just, why now? Great question. EVGO has always been about electric for all. And now it's clear that we're going to need to extend our network to the North American charging standard. In fact, it's a journey that we've been on for a long time. We started with Chatamo only, and then we went to Chatamo plus CCS, and then we added uh, support for Tesla. And now we're going to go for full NAC support on our network. But what does it really mean to provide full NAC support? So today we have what we know is our sidekick uh, stations, which have NAC support but they're a 50 kilowatt implementation going through Chatamo. So this is gonna be a native connection from the station to the vehicle directly uh, with no translation of Chatamo in between and that gives us full speed, um, high currents and, and high voltage support for future NAX vehicles that need that. And so for that, we get much higher speed charging for one and a simpler integration with the stations. And when we bring uh, chargers to market, we actually do that in partnership with companies like Delta and Signet. So what is that process like? Yeah, so we work with suppliers today to bring products to market that meet our needs and work through all sorts of different testing, safety testing, and integration within our network. 
Um, NACS is really no exception to this. We're going to be adding these to our requirements and working with our suppliers to both bring, bring this connector to both existing equipment as well as new equipment. It's also important to remember that there are already a million vehicles out there that require CCS support and probably two million more will be sold over the next two years. So we have to make sure that we're providing a solution for everybody. As far as our work with our partners like GM and Pilot Flying J, we are putting together a roadmap to roll out this support so that it matches the demand that we see in the marketplace. Yep, we're gonna be busy, and it does mean that the next connectors really aren't gonna to be tomorrow, but soon? So, absolutely, uh, everybody should know that if you're seeing new stations that are rolling out and being announced this week, next week, the week after, that they won't have the full NAC support yet, but it is coming soon. Honestly, I don't have a lot to add to that video, but I did think it was interesting. So moving on to our automakers. So right now we have three major automakers here in North America that are considering adopting the NACS connector. They have not agreed to it yet, but they're considering it, which are VW, Stellantis, and Hyundai, Hyundai, Kia, Genesis. So those are the, the organizations that are looking into this. The car makers who have confirmed that they're going to adopt are Acura, Aptera, Fisker, Ford, GM, Honda, Honda, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Polestar, which is a Geely company, Rivian, and Volvo, which is also a Geely company. Now, with all these companies in the EV industry looking to adopt the North America charging standard, who's going who's gonna to make all of these connectors? Well, Tesla has selected Volux, an EV, excuse me, a UK-based manufacturing company to supply the next coupler. Now, I don't know if the coupler is considered to be the charging port on the car and the connector together, or if it's just the charging port on the car, or if they're calling a coupler because it's Britain or the UK, I don't know. But Volux executive chairman, Nate Rothschild had this to say, as a selected vendor of the Nax coupler, this further validates that Volux continues to be a trusted manufacturing partner of Tesla's charging system technology to the world's leading EV manufacturer. Companies and suppliers who utilize the Nax EV charging system. So I'm guessing it is what folks in the UK will would just call a connector, and like a a boot is a trunk, and a bonnet is the hood. That kind of a thing. I'm guessing it's that kind of thing. Anyway. That is it for us this episode. I hope you learned something. I hope it was interesting. If you want, even though I'm on a break, and I'm, by the way, I'm currently recording these episodes while I'm on a break, so I'm not really on a break. But anyway, if, you would, if you'd like to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on X at 918digital. And yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.